Hello, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast. Today is Thursday, February 22nd, 2018, otherwise known as Be Humble Day. I'm Chris Salamone, and with me as always are Mike Montgomery and Ben Ueda. Hello. What's up? Makes me think of that Kendrick Lamar song. Humble? Humble. Oh, I thought it was going to be a... Di- no. I, I guess I ruined my... I thought it was going to be a different one joke by saying humble right in the beginning, but... It, it more makes me think of your boy, Baker Mayfield, when the guy went up to him and said afterwards, humble yourself. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Well, we've got a lot to talk about this week. It's not only a big week of announcements, but there's just a lot happening. So, Ben, you're the first one in Atlanta. That's where we're all going to be, so... Why don't you go ahead and take it away? We're probably all on a plane right now as you're listening to this. Yes, At least exactly. me and Mike. So I just finished up the store for The Greats um, in Venice, California. And it mm-hmm. was a a whirlwind uh, <laughs> project. It was Mad nonstop man. for three weeks. Probably three weeks of 70 hours of, of, of a week of building. So... Big shout out to my sister, Jessie. She was awesome. Couldn't have done it without her. But uh, And I also hired a couple of my, my high school friends on the weekends to, to help out with some of the heavy lifting and a lot of the busy work. Um, but it was a ton of labor, but it came out pretty pretty awesome. And uh, the client, uh, the greats, the shoe company, is, is super excited. The other thing that's been really cool is because it's in such a pedestrian-heavy place like uh on abbot kenny in venice uh it's been fun seeing people that follow me on instagram that follow other sort of fashion bloggers and stuff on instagram uh let me know whenever they see the store showing up in somebody else's photos um, oh nice so that's what's really cool so it's a very you know most of the stuff that i build it stays in my house or i give it to a friend and the public doesn't really get to go see it in person this is something where everyone can go and see it anytime they're in uh, LA. So that's been particularly awesome. But um, yeah, it's the, like, I'm sore from building. Like, my, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there's, there's about 16 of these pedestals that are made out of stacked plywood that I CNC cut with the Inventables X Carve. But, and then after I sort of glued and screwed those, those stacks together, I then, uh, power sanded it with an uh, an angle grinder, and I started off using just the the four and a half inch angle grinders, like the standard size angle grinder, and that and that worked really well with flap discs. But I just had so many of these to do. I switched to the massive seven inch uh, rigid angle grinder, which is like it's just like a huge tool. It's like a like a giant heavy chainsaw. It probably weighs like thirty pounds. Um, <laughs> But it just ate away wood so fast. And I used a 7-inch uh, 40 grit flat disc. But then holding that thing vibrating and it's just heavy for like four hours straight is just exhausting in its, its own way. But there's kind of – I was running on the adrenaline of feeling like I wasn't going to finish on time. And we had, a, we had a hard date for finishing because they were having a big opening party. So uh, – it brought you back to the old construction days. Oh man, it's it's rough. <laughs> like uh, it's why I like producing stuff for media in a studio environment so much because doing something in a field with those kind of timelines it adds just a whole another level of of stress and complication. But, so I want to talk about the pedestals real quick. Yeah, where did the design come from? Was it just messing around with shapes like randomly in Fusion, or was it something you had drawn or something you had thought of? 
before you got into the software? So it, it was funny. I actually, uh, I didn't do any 3D modeling for this project. Uh, wow. I did it all in Illustrator. So uh, I just drew the outline in Illustrator and then I used the, I, so I drew the, the outline of the top of mm-hmm. the pedestal, right? The biggest piece of plywood. Then I just copied it and shrunk that all the way down to uh, a smaller size. Then I just used the blend tool in between it, and you can set the number of steps. Because if I was to 3D model, uh, so I thought about 3D modeling it, and I could get the the column shaped exactly the way I want, and then I would do is I would slice it at the thickness of the plywood. The plywood I used is about 0.7 inches thick. It's a little bit thinner than three quarters. So, But then I was thinking, wait, I'm going to model in 3D, and then slice it, and then line up all these things, that are all just going to be smaller versions of themselves. Let me just do this all in 2D with a tool that more people are familiar with. So yeah. that's what I think is uh, one of the things I'm most excited about is, you know, we all know that I'm a 3D modeling snob. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, with this, it was just sort of guessing on the increments that I'd wanted and I thought would look good. Um, and then I just sort of did it all in, in Illustrator. And the digital part only took about, 15 minutes per pedestal. Um, so it was it was really, really fast. I just kind of drew these swooping sort of curves. Uh, I'd always really liked the aesthetic of Antelope uh, Canyon, which has these sort of curved, faceted scoops out of a striated sandstone. And yeah. that was the sort of uh, aesthetic motivation behind it. But there was, uh, yeah, so for each pedestal, it was probably about, and they range in size a bit, so probably about like, three to four hours of CNC time, uh, mm-hmm. about uh, three hours, two to three hours of assembling time, gluing and screwing each layer together. Uh, they're difficult to kind of clamp together because, you know, glue slides and they're not all the same size. Um, yeah. Gotta use Mike's salt trick. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a few people made the suggestion that I probably could have CNC'd a, a hole through the whole thing and use threaded rod uh, oh, yeah. to sort of clamp them all together. But the big challenge is keeping the edges glued down together, and that wouldn't help mm-hmm. with that since the bottom pieces are so much smaller than the top pieces. Um, can I suggest a quick thing? Sure. For anybody go. listening, salt is. Yeah, you can just use salt. No, <laughs> we already know, Mike. <laughs> if enough. the salt trick doesn't work, because salt is great up until like four layers, and yeah. then it just gets really squirrely. Um, so I was building that one little power carved lamp, and I think it was four layers of plywood thick. And so I just flipped the I flipped the top piece upside down, applied the glue, and when I put the second piece on from the underneath, I just used my brad nailer and I shot a couple brad nails in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I did that with every layer. And then when I clamped everything up, it kind of couldn't move. So well, that might work. I yeah, have that's what a, we did. Somebody. That's what we did on the bed that Johnny and I built the plywood oh, yeah. bed. We just yeah, that's an easy way to do it. Yeah. yeah. And then you can come back with clamps and make sure you don't have any gaps or anything. Yeah, I definitely have a newfound love of. Uh, I use my 16 gauge nail gun to, oh, nice. to sort of do that. But the, yeah, so the assembling was about two to three hours and then, car, uh, angle grinding. First step was sort of using the angle grinder to do it. And if I just used the four and a half inch, it was about two hours per, per, uh, column. And if I used the big angle grinder, it was about 45 minutes. That, oh, wow. wow. I mean, that, but that's that's like a heavy. I mean, th- have you ever seen the rigid seven inch angle grinders? They're like yeah. a industrial tool for for heavy duty, you know, steel and construction making. work. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then after the, so with the angle grinder, you can really f- uh, smooth out the stepped kind of ziggurat looking layers of the plywood. Um, but it's hard to get really control the, con- the, the sort of surface curvature and stuff like that. So then I switched to 60 grit on the orbital sander to kind of remove the sort of gouge marks that the, the angle grinder can leave and then mm-hmm. uh, finish to like one, 150. Um, so it was, it was a process to do each one of those pedestals, but we, we ended up getting pretty quick at it. And uh, yeah, it was, it's one of those things where it's sort of risk versus reward. The, the risk was it's a lot of time to what's going to end up being just one video. Um, but the reward is we got a whole, I'm, you know, I just posted some pictures on Instagram and I think what's different about this project versus, uh, my other ones is most of the time I'm making an, an object or an item. In this case, I'm making a whole bunch of objects that are creating an environment. So yeah. it's really an immersive feel. Uh, it's this all sort of white kind of symmetrical room, um, I haven't released. I also made like a table and bench for it that are pretty pretty basic that are just in the middle of the space. Um, so uh, definitely, if you're in Venice, uh, go check it out. Fifteen oh five Abbott Kinney. I also made, uh, which haven't been uh, shared yet, some Adirondack, uh, kind of a modern Adirondack chairs for the for the front deck along the street that uh, that came out pretty cool. Um, they're sort of a quick two by twelve uh, build. Um, so yeah, awesome. go check it out and, uh, also, yeah, check out the, the greats. It's a pretty, pretty awesome com- company and, uh, yeah. Oh, also I think it's a great example to show, uh, how you can get value out of a CNC machine. So yeah, in total, sure. I got, uh, paid $50,000 for this commission. Um, now obviously I spent about, I think about. 12,000 on materials and another 6,000 or so in labor and then another few thousand in uh, sort of Airbnbs while we were like doing the install down in Venice since my shop is up in Santa Barbara Um, and just sort of like travel and truck rentals and stuff like that. So uh, it was a pretty, you know, this is even before I've made any media content from it. So it was a pretty good chunk of change. Um, Yeah. Especially for the amount of time you spent on it, because you basically committed what three weeks to a month on it. Yeah, yeah. And the the X carves are like you know they're only like twelve hundred dollars each, and I got two of them. Um, and they and, and now the X cars are paid for. You know what I mean? Easily, easily. Yeah. So uh, the other cool thing is I made the signs for the space. They were yeah. going to have those made, and it would have cost them like hundreds of. You know, I think they they got quoted like twelve hundred dollars to make one of the signs. It took me like I just took their vector files and uh, uh milled it in like you know 15 minutes um so uh, yeah and then now if they need a new sign you already have the cncs all the all the cost for i mean you'll have the cost of what a couple sheets of plywood yeah you know so, and so so that's that's i mean jimmy duress always talks about sort of sign making as a great sort of custom commission but uh with a cnc like that it's so easy especially if you have like a graphic design background or a good at sort of like laying out um digital elements uh you can do some really really cool stuff that's awesome yeah i think it came out great and it's and you were saying you know you spend you spend a lot of time on it but it's important i think you know every year to have those big projects because those are the things that if they're not what draw people to your channel it's at least what makes you legit i think in a lot of people's eyes 
instead of just building, you know, a ton of coffee tables and side tables and things like that. Hey, 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 hey. (laughs) Well, I'm just speaking from personal experience. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because I remember, like, Ben, your kitchen series. I think you you produced that back when maybe we had, maybe you had reached out to me, but I don't think so. And if so, maybe we had talked once. You know what I mean? At, At best, we were acquaintances. And I remember that series and I was like, wow. This is a really cool channel, and I was, yeah. you know, I was really impressed by it. And so having those big kind of like keystone or those big landmark projects, I think, really validate a channel to viewers. Yeah, I think of it like the way like the the Marvel Cinematic and Television Entertainment Universe works, right? Like they have the big sort of tentpole, uh, you know, uh, things where it's like the you know the Avengers, but then they also have like TV shows, Netflix yeah. shows, and all these other things, sort of doing it. So their idea is that, you know, they they want to keep people involved 365 days a year with their sort of universe, but they need to, to do that. They can't just keep hitting the same note. They have to have right. some bigger things and some smaller things, some everyday stuff. And then something can't hit a home run every time. Exactly. So, Sweet. uh, doesn't mean, you know, I want to always do big custom installs, but you know, this year definitely, like as I said before, and when we were talking about our New Year's resolutions, I wanted to do fewer projects but bigger projects and see how that goes for for a year. Well, you're off to the right track, Chris. What are you doing? Actually, first, before we get into that, I got a question for you guys. Ben made me think of something, but first, let's take a break. This episode is sponsored by Audible. Now, a lot of people ask me, Ben, how come you're so smart? Just kidding. They don't really ask that. <laughs> but if they did, I would say it's because I'm always reading audiobooks. And I've been really big onto audiobooks even since way before uh, digital technology was so prevalent. I always thought of it as a great way to multitask, right? Because I've always been working with my hands ever since I was playing with Legos or doing woodworking as a kid. And audiobooks are a fantastic way to stimulate your brain while you're keeping busy uh, with whatever you're, you're building or working on. I still use Audible now, even when I'm doing just household chores like laundry, doing the dishes and things like that. It also is one of the only things that makes me looking forward to things like sanding or finish work, which I find a bit tedious. And my recommendation is a book that's been extremely helpful for me in working with large companies. And it's a book called David and Goliath uh, by Malcolm Gladwell. And it's all about underdogs, misfits, and the art of battling giants. Now, it's positioned a little bit like kind of in an antagonistic thing, like you're trying to beat these people, but I found a lot of the anecdotes in this book useful for when I'm working with a company that's much bigger than me, right? So earlier today, I was had meetings with Home Depot, and it's challenging to be a small media company uh, like Homemade Modern and working with a massive uh, corporate entity like Home Depot. And I think books like this are really good for helping break that down and uh, helping you see things in a different perspective. So for our awesome listeners, uh, you can get a special deal from Audible. So just go to audible.com slash maker to browse this unmatched selection of audio programs and download a free title and start listening because we are, with Audible, are offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. So again, just go to audible.com slash maker that's M-A-K-E-R, maker. Or text the word maker to 500-500 to get started. So check it out, get smarter, and use your time better. Okay, so now for the question. So 
Ben was talking about how hard he's been working. And so both of you guys do this full time. I don't. I still work. Everybody knows that. But I have kind of had like a little fantasy camp where I've got to sort of do it full time for a few weeks at a time. That was around Christmas. I took, I had some time off. So I tried to like really load in a bunch of projects. And then actually right now with getting ready to go to um, WorkbenchCon, I took this week off and then we're having a baby coming up. So I was trying to just like load up some projects. So I took some time off work and was doing this full time. And so my question would be, okay, here, first, let me say how I kind of think of it. And then you guys can confirm or deny this. So it feels like when I'm doing it full time, like I'm working at like 75% speed, but every waking hour rather than like working really hard for 40 hours. Yeah, I think that's a lot of it because when you're full time, every minute you're not spending is time that you could have been working and potentially, you know, making money essentially. Right. And so I think it's, I think going full time has definitely is a huge advantage, but it has the the downside of kind of like a guiltiness every time you're not working because mm-hmm. exactly that is like you reap the amount of time you put into it, you know? Right. Um, and so as much as you're not working, or the more you're not working, the worse you feel about it. Um, but no, I think it's just, I think it's just you work at your own pace, and as long as as long as I have something interested in, it doesn't ever suck. But it's just like, yeah, I work more than anyone else in my friend group, but I enjoy what I work, so it's or I enjoy my work, so it's totally worth it. Yeah, it always feels like so far. If I had to break down a typical day, it always feels like you know, get up and then from the morning till like 9.30 or 10, it's kind of like working at like half speed where you're just kind of like, I'm doing some emails, I'm doing this. I'm kind of also just being leisurely at the same time. Then it's like a six hour period of like actual hard work of, you know, nonstop. That's all I'm doing. Maybe break to take lunch or whatever. And then the rest of the day in the evening, kind of just again, doing things half speed where like, maybe I'll go out there and do a little bit and then take care of some other things. And and it's just like a weird, you're always working, but never like, fully just like working working yeah unless you've got a sponsor deadline that you've got to get or you know you've got a video that has to get done this week you know other than that yeah there is the beauty of taking a break when you want to take a break but mm-hmm. there's also the downside of like you can let you get dis- you can let yourself get distracted and then no yeah. one's there to wrangle you back in so <laughs> you know you can lose the day and be like wait it's fu- it's four thirty already all i've been doing is answering emails and watching youtube videos or something like that you know what i mean yeah yeah I think the, the the standard narrative around doing what you love is you'll, you'll, you'll see a lot of those cliche quotes, like, uh, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life or things like that, right? Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I don't know, I, I think that's not accurate. Um, it, it's like a romantic thing to tell kids, for sure, yeah. but it's not 100%. It, it, yeah. yeah, I think it's a little bit misleading. I think it's more of a thing where... Uh, the you don't enjoy the su- I don't think this it's about the subject matter being as enjoyable, right? Because you can say, oh, I really enjoy building stuff as a hobby, so therefore I'm going to try to get a job building stuff. So I'm always having as much fun as I would do uh, doing my hobby. Right. Yeah. I don't think that's the case because then once you start building seventy hours a week, uh, right. you're like, oh, this isn't as much fun, and my hands hurt. The, the same way is you could have an interest in cooking, but being a chef and working in a hot kitchen where people are demanding, ringing bells, running stuff around, uh, you know, that's not necessarily enjoyable and fun. 
I think the 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 macro level of fun that you may not be experiencing in any moment when you're working 70 hours building stuff and your hands hurt is the understanding of a of a progression of betterment where you're connecting the dots between an interest that you have uh, the work that you're doing and where that work's taking you that's not so much fun but it's incredibly satisfying is that right. you know that you're you're moving forward in some sort of journey and you're connecting the day-to-day tasks to the overall progress and betterment of you as a person and i think that's where the satisfaction and enjoyment comes from is knowing that you're paying your bills but you're still going somewhere up whereas i think more sort of traditional 9 to 5 jobs unless you're in a, a field where you're you know uh, there's a lot of rapid advancement the dissatisfaction isn't so much from the day-to-day tasks or the environment that you're working in. It's often because there might not be enough upward mobility. Um, you might have really annoying coworkers. No. Um, but it's more <laughs> from things like that. So I don't think that it becomes more fun. Uh, I think it becomes more satisfying, I think, is, like a, is a more accurate uh, way to sort of you know, to describe it. Um, yeah. But there was, no, th- in the last three weeks, it wasn't, fun it was enjoyable and it was satisfying (laughs) but the you know the stress of a timeline and all those things constantly sort of reevaluating okay where do i need to pull back on my original design vision to make it fit within this time window versus where do i not want to cut corners because i really want this to look great and be proud of it um and get value out of the media content that constant recalibration and figuring out on the fly is is stressful um and uh yeah, so yeah. it's not about fun. It's really more about satisfying and seeing sort of progress and a, a direction to where you're going. Yeah, because no matter what you're doing, you're never going to avoid stress or you're never going to avoid like busy work. Um, mm-hmm. But it's at the end, like what you're saying is like the end goal is more more fulfilling. Right. Yeah, it's almost like there's there's two parts that are fun and it's it's going into it and coming out of it. So like, yeah, Ben, if you exactly. take the project you just did, like when you first like, oh man, this is something different that I haven't done before and coming up with the ideas, that was probably fun. And then doing, you know, sanding a bunch of pedestals, not that fun. And then now that you're coming out of it, like, oh, that was really cool that I did that. This is something that I'm happy to stand by or whatever. So it's like there's those two parts of fun and the one part that work is work. Yeah. But I feel like if you go full-time, Chris, you're probably going to end up being slightly less busy. Probably. Like, I mean, I wouldn't have a 40-hour exactly. job to contend with it. Yeah. I mean, like, you won't – I don't think it's like you're going to double the amount of videos you put out, but it'll be maybe you're able to do the deep dive into, uh, like, a series like you want to do, a more mm-hmm. instructional series or something like that. I don't think it's just going to be, like, output gets immediately doubled. It's just more right. – you're able to put more time into the small things that you kind of let slide because you're too busy. Right. No, when I even think about like going back to when I took the time off at Christmas. So I think pretty much in like from the end of December and through January, I pretty much was doing a pace of like a video a week, maybe not quite that, but pretty close to it. And I was just like, there is no way I could do this full time. First off, I just couldn't be that prolific to have that many ideas. And then even if I could, I feel like I would just start to resent it after a while. <laughs> I would, I would, I, I still do uh, like, you know, it's not all enjoyable, but for the most part it is enjoyable. And I just would be afraid that like, I would not be enjoying it at all anymore doing that. Yeah, I did. I did a video a week for, I think nine months straight. Whenever I decided it was at the point where I decided 
I'm starting to get a little bit of an audience and I need mm-hmm. to make this be a full-time thing. That was whenever I uh, was just getting out of college and I decided to quit my job and just commit the time until I was able to make enough money to call it, you know, full-time. Right. Um, and yeah, I did kind of get a little bit to where I was resenting it because it was just put out a video and then the same day it uploads, I'm getting the supplies and I'm starting building the next one. You never get yeah. the chance to enjoy what you made because yeah, it's always on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, I've kind of, I've kind of fallen into the, the two videos every three weeks and that's really comfortable. Okay. I'm able to build something, put it out. And then for a day I can answer all the comments. I can make a good written article. I can do all the, like the maintenance for the website. And it's not just like immediately getting back into the shop and not, because that's the whole thing. Like what you're talking about, Ben is like, you're working towards something and you have that long-term goal, but Every project is that same thing, but just encapsulated in a lot smaller thing. Right. You know, you're still working towards the end goal of a finished project and a video. And if you can't take the time to appreciate it and like soak that in, then you're working and there's no fulfillment. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, got to find the balance. Cool. All right. Back to what I'm working on. So let's see. I finished up. I did. I talk. I talked about the baby dresser last week. I think. Well, yes. if I didn't. Okay. So yeah, I finished that up this past weekend. Basically, um, the paint came out pretty good. So painting the MDF. And actually, I was talking to uh, Mike Mudustrial Maker. Yeah. And he recommended spray painting. So I'm going to try that next time. I actually went to Blick's Blick or whatever the art supply store mm-hmm. and got some like basically graffiti spray paint. So it's a higher quality spray paint than what you'll typically find elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so or it's supposedly just repackaged. That's one right. or the other <laughs> for the taggers. Yeah, no, it's the Montana Gold stuff. So they, oh, okay. they sell that there, um, and it's cool because they have so many color options. Really? Whereas most it's of the awesome time when spray I'm, paint too. Yeah, I've heard people talk about it, so this will be my first time using it, and I'm actually going to use it on a project that I'm working on right now, which is another organizing wall. But for the baby dresser, I just painted it with a foam roller, uh, primer, sanded in between, and it came out good. Like I would say it's where, you know, from more than five feet away, it looks perfectly smooth. If you get right up to it, you can see like a little orange peel texture, and if you rub your hand on it, maybe you can feel a little, but it came out pretty good, so I'm, I'm happy with it. I think it's definitely a workable option, but it'll be interesting to try out the spray paint method for this next project. And then again, to play with the, uh, the vinyl wrapping, I'm still waiting on some samples to come into, to play with that. Cool. Uh, one of the other things for this project, it was the first time, I don't know if you would call this a cabrio leg, but you guys know the style of leg that I'm talking about where basically to make the cuts. So say you started off with just a rectangular block, um, and then you would cut, like a taper or whatever design you want on one part. And then you would tape it all back together, mm-hmm. rotate it a quarter of a turn and make the, so it's basically tapered on like the two inside edges yeah, and not on the outside edges. So it's like a very simplistic cabriole style leg. And it was, I w- it was pretty easy to do. It came out good. And it's cool because there's actually this project that I've had on the back burner for a long time that will have a much more complex leg style, but using the same, cutting technique so i just wanted to try it out and make sure it wasn't too hard and it wasn't so cool it's got built me a little confidence for going into that project hopefully at some point this year awesome mike what are you working on so i've got a few announcements that i've been holding off on kind of just waiting for the right moment i don't want to announce something too soon just in case if plans had to change or Mm -hmm. something happened so 
I'm just going to start with announcement number one. I'm moving out of my shop. Um, <gasps> oh, man. Uh, it's. I think I've been here for a year. Uh, maybe not in the shop for a year. Shop for closer to like 10 months, probably. It took me a while to move all the tools over and everything. But more important announcement, or at least more exciting announcement, which all kind of blends together, is uh, after work BenchCon... I'm going to North Carolina to do a video collab with Johnny Brook, which I'm really excited about. Should be really fun. Chris, you did a collab with him earlier this year. I did. But la- late last year, I guess. Technically. Exactly. Yeah. But after that, I come back. I think March 2nd is when I come back to Oklahoma. And then sometime around like March 4th, maybe March 5th, I'm taking the El Reno, the big oh, baby. high school school bus that <laughs> I've been talking about for the past however long. And I'm driving it to California and I'm, uh, Going to be staying with Ben while he's working on his tiny house build, helping and learning from him on that. And during the off time, I'll be converting that school bus into the RV finally. And I'm so excited about it. Yes. Wait, so how long of a drive from... I, I yeah, when are you ma- getting here? <laughs> I Google mapped it and I think it said 22 or 23 hours. So well, that's I'm gonna, straight driving. Yeah, so yeah. it's probably I'm, I'm going to put probably 12 hours at the wheel and hopefully get it done in two days. Nice. That's, so yeah, it that might be something too. Where like driving more at like off hours with a with a car that big. Uh, yeah, just trying to get through cities during non-peak or rush hours yeah yeah so i'm actually in the process of looking for a work truck uh for us to use while we're out in joshua tree so i'm gonna buy nice i'll probably buy like some sort of like beat up either like old suv or pickup truck or something that we'll just leave in joshua tree for for the sort of day-to-day sort of uh driving around hauling materials and stuff like that and uh yeah i'm i'm pumped i'm excited it's uh uh you know, jumping right into another big project after <laughs> after work MitchCon. So yeah, have but you, you get a two week break, so oh, you know, slacker. <laughs> um, how have you had like all you know the engine checked and all that stuff? Have you yeah. done a little tune up and spare so tire? Let, yeah, so I've so I'll give the kind of the brief backstory. I think I talked about it whenever I was talking about the bus originally, but that was what four or six months ago. So I've got. He's really like my second cousin, but growing up, I always thought he was my uncle. Um, mm-hmm. But he's just, I, I always consider him like my eccentric uncle. He's kind of like a little out there, but he's a great guy. And my parents were having some kind of, I think it was like a holiday party. And so everyone was kind of drinking a little. And I was talking to him and he was like, hey, I've got a crazy great idea. Um, if you want to say no to it, say no. But I just wanted to throw it out there. And basically what he said is, I want to take a school bus and convert it into an RV, or more, I want to have you do it and basically pay for it. So basically what he says, if I bought a, if I bought a school bus, uh, would you be interested in flipping it into an RV? It could make cool content for you, and if you want to do it for the content, I'll buy the bus, I'll pay for everything. Um, he offered to pay me, but I'll have sponsors, and I'll get videos out of it. He doesn't need to pay me for it. Um, and so that happened, and I, was, I basically told him, like, yeah, that sounds really cool, that'd be awesome. A week later, he was at my parents' house with a bus. We hadn't spoken since then. He didn't even tell my parents he was buying a bus, but he just showed up at my parents' house and he was like, hey, uh, here's Mike's bus. I bought a bus. Is there any chance I could store it at your place? And my dad was like, yeah, that's fine. No problem. 
uh, when are you going to get here? He's like, well, I'm at the gate right now. <laughs> and I was sitting there, I'm like, well, what if he said, no, you can't store the bus. But uh, so anyways, it's just been one of those things that we we got the bus, but then it's just been waiting for the right opportunity to take the time out to do it. Because the same thing, Ben, taking a big project, you know, in the amount of time I can convert a bus into an RV, I can probably make about six normal videos. Yep. So mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to, it's just waiting for the right moment. I don't, I didn't want to rush into it and, you know, not make it worth doing. And this is literally the perfect opportunity because... A lot of my time down there is going to be spent, you know, working on the tiny house, but there's going to be a lot of downtime, whether it's waiting for drywall to be put up or waiting for concrete slabs to cure, whatever it is, there's going to be downtime. And so I want to be able to take advantage of that and get some content for myself while I'm down there too. That way my channel doesn't go dry. Mike, are you planning that it's going to just end up being one big video or you think it's going to be little parts like projects within it? So... The way I'm pitching it to sponsors and the way that I'm thinking is the best format that I've thought of is to make it a six-part series. The first Mm -hmm. will be the intro, kind of, here is the bus, here is the tour, here is what I plan to do with it. Oh, before you've even done stuff. Yeah, kind of just showing off like the 3D model I've done with it, my plans for it, and kind of maybe starting all the demo. You know, like Mm -hmm. tearing out all of the stuff that's in there and getting it basically to a blank canvas. And then... Uh, it'll have a living room, a bathroom, a kitchen, a bedroom, and a, an exterior episode, mm-hmm. essentially. So, you know, I'll build all the furniture for each of the spaces and put it all in and do all of that. And that'll basically be an episode. Um, and then at the end, I might do some kind of condensed, you know, like 10 minute video of the whole process. But that'll all be that won't be new content. Everything for that video will have been in other parts, but that's more for maybe sharing with other sites and just kind of used for social stuff more than more than for my channel cuz I want mm-hmm. I want it to be the one thing I hate about HGTV and DIY is that they don't show you how they're doing anything they just show you befores and afters and yeah. that's what I want to avoid you know my whole thing is it's going to be showing the nitty gritty it's going to show the mistakes it's going to show what I could have done better to hopefully teach someone else because there's a million people out there that are converting buses to RVs. Since I mentioned it on the podcast and, I'm, and on my Instagram the first time, I think I've had probably like 20 people reach out to me with either advice or saying that they have plans to do that and they're really looking forward to it and all this kind of stuff. So I want to make it valuable to people. I don't want it to just be a look at what I did. I want people to be able to learn from it right. or at least learn what not to do from it. <laughs> how, how long is the bus? Ooh, I think it's like four. It's as long as it can be and still be legal to drive. I think it's you mean without needing like a special license. Or? Yeah, without needing okay. a commercial license. Yeah. All right. Here, this might be a little uh, behind the scenes. So I want to plan something out. So when okay. when will you be here from? I am gonna be here. Or okay, so I get back to Oklahoma March second. I'm gonna take uh-huh. a couple days to like decompress, do laundry. <laughs> basically and then uh-huh. i'm gonna head that way so i'll probably be out there the 7th to the to the 10th somewhere okay. in there and then how long are you gonna stay here until until it's all done probably sometime around mid april maybe the okay end of so april. you'll be here like a month basically yeah okay cool because maybe you and you feel free to say no to this but maybe i no, could build... I don't, no, 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 no 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 keep your family say, life away no Maybe I can have the bus once you're done with it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) You can talk to my uncle about that because he's going to get it when he's done. But but it kind of works out because I don't have to buy the bus. I don't have to pay to flip it. 
but I did make sure and tell him that anytime that I want to use it, I get to use it. So is he giving you a gas card? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyways, I was going to say. What were you saying? My bad. I was going to say maybe I can like build if there's some some oh. kind of piece of furniture that needs to go in there, I can yeah. build it and then like bring it out there. So my schedule wise is going to be the 11th is when Dolores is due. Oh, the 11th yeah. of March. Mm-hmm. So who knows when that's going to actually happen? But as long if you're there till mid April, I would yeah. think that there'll be plenty of time oh, that yeah, it can happen and things can settle and then I can go out there. Yeah. Cause the first things I'm going to be doing is, you know, building out one, just getting everything cleared out, painting everything, laying floors. Uh, and then I think the first two spaces I'll do probably are the bathroom and the kitchen. Cause that, those are the things that need plumbing and electrical mm-hmm. and built in ran. And so furniture and stuff like that is probably going to be the last few things that I get done. And if okay. you want to, if you want to build something for it, I am, 100% down for that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, let's let's figure it out like once you get it and you start kind of planning things out and then if you figure like okay, there's going to be like a freestanding space something that'll go in between a chair right here or whatever it is. Yeah. We'll kind of figure it out and then that way we can just figure out dimensions and I can do something and then just meet you there with it. Yeah, plus you got to come down there a few times cuz I don't know. I feel like we're going to we're going to it's going to be fun regardless. We're going to get some dune buggies. Peyote, we're going to blow some stuff up at least or something. Desert. I don't know. We got yeah. I was about to say we've got empty land in the desert, so yeah, we could we, get we into got, a lot of trouble. <laughs> we got ten acres. We have two small little mountains on those ten yeah. acres. Um, so ten we'll acres, ski. it's it's almost a square piece of land. So it's six hundred and sixty feet by about six hundred and sixty feet. So uh, we we got some some room to work with. I'll have a lot of welding equipment and stuff Perfect. out there because to work with Guys all the teach steel. me how to weld. Yep. Yeah. So we can yeah. do some. Uh, so it's also, Mike, like, I think there'll be plenty of time to throw in some smaller sort of like outdoor kind of projects. Um, 100%, yeah. And stuff like that along the way to... And that's both. the perfect time to put those kind of videos out because it'll be springtime. Yeah. So. And it'll also sort of all, you know, build out towards the promoting the two big projects, the tiny house and the the bus. Yep. Are you going to paint I, the bus? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm probably just going to get... I don't know. I need to... I want to talk to some paint sprayer manufacturers, you know, like the Wagners of the world and see if they're interested in just like hooking me up with a good like mid-level paint sprayer and I'll just do it myself instead of paying Mako to do it or something. <laughs> as long as it looks like 90% professional, it's good enough. You know yeah, what I mean? It's a bus. Yeah, it's a bus. It's not. What color? Probably white. I might do an accent color, maybe like the top half white, the bottom half some kind of like seafoam green or like some kind of trendy color. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I want I think it to be kind of two tone it. Yeah, or maybe like a like a Tucson orange. Yeah, know? that could be cool too. Yeah, white might look too institutional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, it's like yeah, a but I, bus or something. <laughs> but I know I don't want to do it all just like one bit. Like if I do go like some kind of like seafoam green or teal or something like that, I know I don't want to paint the whole bus like that. Right. Uh, I'll probably I'll do some kind of like two tone, like split it at the bottom of the windows. Like color on the bottom half, white on the top half, or something like that. Cool, nice. cool. Yeah. I'm excited. Yep, I'll post pictures on the podcast's Instagram for all of you that haven't seen it yet. So check it out. Uh, and if you have cool ideas, hit me up. I'm I'm not married to any ideas yet. So if you've got something cool, hit me up. I, all I can do is say no. It's a terrible idea. I won't say that though. You guys are quick to do that. <laughs> you jumped down yeah. my throat when I wanted that bus. Yeah. Oh, and I should say the whole reason I'm moving out of the shop. Um, so I'll be in California until April. And then whenever I come back to Oklahoma, I'll either, I'm looking at a couple different options. I really, I, I, maybe I'm you kind won't of, go back. 
Maybe, yeah, maybe <laughs> I won't go back. Um, I'm really tempted. I really like the idea of opening a makerspace. Um, there's w- not one in the metro area of Oklahoma City. There's one that I know of, but it's really geared towards 3D printing and kind of more electronics and tinkering. Mm-hmm. But there's really no good woodworking makerspace. And I'm in a really kind of unique opportunity to or position to be able to, one, open it, maybe work with a brand to supply a lot of the tools um, for and, you know, for promotion and stuff like that. And then on the other hand is like I'm in the unique position to be able to really be able to promote it and I think be able to build a pretty cool community around it as well. So um, I'm either going to hunt or I'm going to. I'm going to hunt for a commercial space. And if I can find a good commercial space that I can make a makerspace in, maybe even build, a, if I can find a place big enough, like build a living space there too, uh, cool. And if not, then I'll just find some find some property and build a house on it or something. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of just open to whatever and letting the letting fate decide because I, I'm perfectly happy with both sides. Um, you know, commercial property that would be awesome. It would be really fun. Great community builder. But if it doesn't work out, I'm totally fine just finding a piece of property, building a house, and getting a shop on there too. Just live in the bus, man. Yeah, should move to to LA. Yeah, I know, but LA is just so dang expensive. That's the whole reason Chris can't go full. If Chris had lived in Oklahoma, he could have been full time six <laughs> months ago. <laughs> just live in the bus, man. That's free. Just you find yourself a nice parking yeah. lot of a twenty four hour fitness. Yeah, but where am go. I going to build the parking lot of twenty four hour <laughs> fitness? <laughs> they got a bathroom in there. You got everything yeah. you need. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm I'm open to things. It's just I, I'm at the point in my life where. I'm ready to make some kind of big move and I'm just clearing the slate so that after California, I am open and available to being able to do it. So, All right. So I guess uh, we've probably rambled on long enough that we don't need a topic for today. I guess we kind of had a topic. It was about going full time and then about buses, full time buses. Yeah. I think the show title should be like turning your hobby into work. Into a bus. (laughs) Turning your (laughs) hobby into a bus. Yeah. Yeah. Life as a bus. So yeah, uh, you guys got any anything you're obsessed with or anything you guys else you want to talk about? That is a professional transition right there. Thanks, man. Mine that. really, mine really topped <laughs> yours. I'm glad we cut it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obsessions. Uh, I haven't flown on a plane in like I don't know, 15 years or something like that. Oh really? I, I don't think no. It's been way before September 11th. Oh, Since okay. I've flown, a, I've not. This will be my first time flying on a plane post September 11th. What should I expect, guys? Uh, all of your crevices oh. to be. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, let <laughs> me tell looking. you what I experienced on my flight yesterday. So Ooh, okay. I was flying from LA to Atlanta. Go, and it, I had to book the ticket last last minute because I had a bunch of things sort of get rescheduled on me. So I ended up in the middle seat, which is seventh circle of hell. Uh, <laughs> Go to sit down. There's, you know, the person against the window seat had already had already seated. Dude pulls out three to go boxes from Panda Express and oh, no. starts to have himself a buffet like right next to one for you. And I'm like, no, no, sir. I'm like, All right, I'm like, what time was your flight? Uh, it left at uh four forty five p.m. Okay. Okay. So it was dinner time technically. Yeah. I guess. And I was just like, "Are you serious?" And I was, I was about to tell him to put that away, you know, because <laughs> I'm just not going to sit there while some dude noshes on like orange a chicken, half of orange for chicken. four hours. 
So, uh, but then I was thinking, well, even if he puts it away, it's still going to smell. Yeah. He's not going to yeah. throw and it out. I'd rather him just eat it and get it over with. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's, that's what I experienced. But on the flip side, uh, in-flight entertainment consoles and systems have gotten a lot better. And now planes have Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's tight. I'm going to try to do some editing. That's my plan. We'll see if it works. That's my plan. I've got two videos that need edited. So between between waiting in the airport, flying, and then waiting to get checked into my hotel, I should get I should be productive still. So usually, you know, everyone's like travel days are you know wasted days. I'm yeah. going to try and make it a mediocre day, day when it comes to productivity. <laughs> like it's not going to be productive, but it's not going to be like a dead day at least. Somehow you're going to arrive there and be like, dude, I built the whole bus. Yeah. <laughs> I was so productive on that point. Exactly. So, Ben, what have you been obsessed with? Panda uh, Express. Yeah, Panda Express. Uh, just angle grinders in general. Uh, I've done so much angle grinding. But yeah. I've never really used the 7-inch one before. And seeing like how much more capacity that has to just kind of remove material. I also got a lot of warnings not to use like seven inch discs with four and a half inch angle grinders and vice versa because like the the rating of the speed is totally different. Um, that and uh, just having a lot of fun with a uh, with a uh, my Inventables uh, CNC machines. Um, I think with with CNCs, there's I've always liked them and what they offer in terms of design possibilities. But getting into them on sort of like a weekly basis, oh, I'm going to add this to my project flow. Uh, I've sort of always been resistant to that because it's just a different work process. Um, but cool. in experimenting more and more where there isn't 3D modeling at the front end, just a quick 2D sketch that results in precisely cut uh, plywood, um, that's opening up you know new possibilities to incorporate it as a partial tool, not always like the entire project is derived from it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, uh, also it's one of those things that the more you do it, the more, the quicker you get at sort of just clamping down the material, getting all of the, the machine dialed in and getting it going. And yeah, uh, the machine becomes kind of an extension of you rather yeah. than each time having to like figure it out. So, yeah. So those, that, that combination of like the the really rough angle grinder and the really precise CNC, I think, is a nice pairing of uh, two two unlikely tool partners. Yeah, for real, that's awesome. I was gonna say I've only done probably like I don't know five or six projects on mine so far, but already the difference in how long it takes me to set stuff up is like cutting a quarter. Yeah, the first time like I was. What, yeah, it's like what we were talking about when we were just talking about routers in general. Is it's like mm-hmm. when you don't use things, and when you take a six months or a three month break between using them, you get rusty. You know, yeah. but yeah, or you're just like not confident in whatever you're doing. Whereas now, I I just was using it yesterday. I set up my file super fast, got out there. Like you know, I kind of have in my head what the what the checklist is of things that I need to do. Whereas the first time I was double checking everything. Did I do this right? Did I do this right? And you're just worried about everything, but yeah, it definitely gets a lot more natural. Oh, awesome. but, but seeing how fast the angle grinder, like obliterated wood, it made me think of like a weird hypothetical. And it would Uh-oh. be like, if you had to turn like a, you know, a one foot two by four into sawdust, complete sawdust, no pieces mm-hmm. of wood, what tool and what features would you use? Just one tool? 
Yeah. Just one tool. So uh, you don't have to answer it now. Just think about it. And listeners, uh, hit us up with your answers on uh That'll uh, be our hypothetical Instagram, for next right? week. So it'd yeah. be like well, – we call, maybe we'll eventually call it, make the obliteration challenge. We have to take a one foot <laughs> section of a two by four and turn it into sawdust uh, as quickly as possible. Yeah. Nice. See, I, I already have my ideas for it, but I guess we'll wait to talk about it. Oh, well, no, go ahead and get what would you do? Well, so the first thing that popped into my head, but the the problem is always the very end of it. You're always going to end up with like a skinny sliver that you can't do anything with. So my first idea was a planer. Uh, then a table saw, just make like a bunch of quick shallow passes where you're just cutting off yep. the edge of it each time. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you'd always end up with that, that last little sliver that you'd have to figure out how to get rid of. You'd end up having you to like it. chew that part or yeah. something. That, that, that's, <laughs> exactly. we'll, that's how we'll do the challenge. It'll be like a video series where whenever you don't turn to sawdust, you have to eat. <laughs> Whoever, yeah, maybe we'll do a race when the three of us are in the desert where we all get our piece. Right, Whoever so has a piece last you'll has to use eat it. table saw or planer. I'll use yeah. angle grinder. See, my, that's what I was thinking too. Was I was thinking planer. I was thinking planer myself. I think, because I think it would be slow. Yeah. But, well, you can take about an eighth of an inch with a planer, and it's it's not good for the planer. Yeah, the table saw mm-hmm. might be quicker actually. Yeah, I bet you can feed a but well. A table saw blade is an eighth of an inch, but here's the problem. Dado. No, here's the problem with the table saw. You're doing the short. You're end. referencing the widest surface. Yeah. With a planer, you're referencing the inch and a half thick surface. So yeah, you're feeding a little bit quicker, but right, I only right. have to go Less through passes. an inch and a half. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, my obsession is a book. It's called The Power of Habit. Um, ironically enough, I'm listening to it on Audible. I don't know how to read. I don't know if you guys knew that or not, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, we figured Oklahoma, so yeah. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> but it's it's a good one, and it's uh it's 11 hours. I'm a couple hours into it, so so far so good. But it's one of those. I, I like letting my Audible credits uh, get the get the most for their buck, the most bang for your buck. You know, you I hate getting a book that's two hours long, so <laughs> it's a good one. Um, so that's my suggestion. And Audible did not pay us to say that; they paid us to say it earlier. But go check out Audible. Link is in the podcast description. Audible dot com slash maker m a k e r. Boom. Awesome. You're welcome. Awesome. So if you're not already, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. Make sure you're following us on Instagram. That is at Modern Builds. That's me. I'm saying myself first this time. At Four Eyes Furniture and at Benjamin Ueda. I'm going to say that again. At Benjamin Ueda. Sorry, I really stumbled on that. Um, Like I mentioned, I'm going to be posting pictures of the bus on the podcast Instagram, and that is at Modern Maker Podcast. You can hit us up on DMs there. You can send us topic suggestions. You can also do that individually. I think we all read our DMs, so that's a cool way to do that. Um, Thanks for listening. Thanks for the reviews. Thank you for your continued loyalty and support. And until next time, this has been the Modern Maker Podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye. See ya. High energy. Someone go. Woo, woo, woo. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Later.